0: Hi, I'm Shama. Hi, I'm Amrita and together we're the hosts of The The Voice Voice Out Out Podcast. Podcast. Shama is one of my best friends and even though we talk about everything under the sun, we have some healthy debates and sometimes some opposing
1: views. But there is a lot that makes us the same. And there's a lot that makes us different. Whenever we have one of these debates or discussions or even chats, we find one of us gives the other a different perspective. So we thought, we don't want to keep that in. We want to voice it out.
0: Because we have spent a few weeks not recording <laughs> and now we are back in the studio. So, yeah. hi Shama. Hi, Maria, How are you doing? All good, thanks.
1: And welcome to the Voice It Out podcast. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Everyone. Absolutely.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. Now, today's topic is actually, we hope, quite interesting all around. It's not specifically, I think, towards British Asian women this time. I think it's a universal topic, but it is kind of focused on uh, female violence, so Mm. to speak. So we're going to be talking about the kind of quite, Spotlighty or f- kind of famous, should I say, n- not the, in not the right way, news stories that have come out over the last decade and a bit more, mm. which have been about female violence, which have been reported widely in not just the British press but worldwide press. And we're going to talk about the impact that has on our mental health as women, how it changes the way we behave, the way we think, the way we think we are safe, you know yep. the way we protect ourselves, the way we protect others, Mm -hmm. protect each other. That's what we're going to be talking about. It's a great introduction. It is. Thank
1: Thank you. you. So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff on the news. And I mean, I think there's always been something about women's safety and, you know, what we need to do and what we need to do. But also now, what needs to happen, like where the onus isn't just on women. The first thing that comes into my head is education starts at home.
0: It does indeed. But I feel like you do... You know, like a lot of stuff influences you in your life. And, you know, there's that saying, uh, not all men and all that kind of stuff. You know, it kind of plays into a lot of the thinking around these kind of stories or these incidents, I think.
1: Well, it's that whole thing of, you know, I I did see this on social media that it's like, it's not all men, but it's enough men for it to be a stereotype. Yeah. Or it's to be something where all men need to be alert. Not alert, sorry. They need to that we need to teach men more.
0: I think we... I think it, it is... You're right. It is something that is taught, but sometimes it's something that is inbuilt in inbuilt. some people. Yeah. But I think... I don't think anyone will ever understand the amount... Obviously, I'm a bit biased, but I don't think anyone will ever, ever understand the amount of safety that women have to think about, yeah. which men don't have to think men about. Men
1: don't have to think The thing is, I think it's also... Like, there's a lot of stuff that goes into, like, psych- psychological issues and, like, environment and sort of upbringing and like it's all of these little things there's a lot of factors but yeah it is very much about women have to definitely women have to think a lot more about their own safety when they're out in the world than a lot of men do again maybe not some some women aren't in that environment and aren't but you know the onus is that the majority of women are definitely more are a lot more alert about our surroundings especially when we're on our own when we're on our own it's a it's a big sort of who's around where am I how yeah. am I
0: and it's almost like you're pre-planning as well sometimes yeah or not even sometimes yeah. all the time you are pre-planning things and I know a lot of my friends of different cultures and you know they do things that kind of to make themselves to kind of cover themselves yeah like yeah Tell someone where they're going, tell someone when they're leaving that place to go home, all this kind of stuff. So let's just touch on a couple of stories, real life stories that we've done. I'm going to go as far back as 2010, Hmm. because I think the first one we should mention is definitely Ani Diwani. Oh, yes. um, Which was a very big case, not just because... It was a really unusual kind of story, but there were a lot of questions. There were a lot of documentaries. There was a lot of dialogue around it, but also she was a British Asian woman, yep. which obviously we have a connect with ourselves. Yeah, and she had just got married and gone to South Africa on her honeymoon. So you know it's meant to be a nice phase yeah. in her life and she ended up losing her life sadly and there was obviously we don't want to go into a lot of speculation but there was speculation i'm just going to mention Mm. what it was that her husband had organized this tour and paid the guy that ended up killing her Her. and there's been a lot obviously there's been a lot of focus around her husband i'm not gonna mention his name but her husband and at the time there was a lot more focus around Mm. him and what was going on you know you get you get Like we saw with the recent Nicola Bully case, you do get those TikTok investigators who then, you know, kind of put out a voice on social media or a perspective. And that happened a lot during that case.
1: Well, there was a lot of conspiracy theories because it was just like, well, nothing else adds up. Like, how did all these things consecutively happen? And I think it all basically started off with how come they killed her and didn't kill him. And, you know, like there was all these things because I do remember watching a documentary about it and like... Hearing about a lot of interviews and sort of how he conducted himself and stuff like that, so obviously it was also
0: like camera footage. Wasn't yeah, there? camera
1: like footage. But the thing is, it's also it's also the way the narrative is spoken. Yeah, there's always going to be speculation. Yeah, um, I think with these
0: cases, there are always. But going
1: to be the bottom line is, she things. was a, a woman who was murdered in a very violent way she was on holiday you know she was supposed to be with the person that protects her and she wasn't on her own she it was this was outside of what we would normally think about you know a, a girl can only be in danger when she's sort of on her own and out and it's late she was on her honeymoon with her husband and there's always this thing of oh she's married so like Oh, she can now go anywhere with her husband, it'll be fine. But she, she's still a woman who this happened to yeah. when she was with someone that is supposed to protect her.
0: Yeah, exactly. But then, so let's just touch on how that would have made you feel. Can you remember how you were feeling when oh all God. of those things were it was, being reported?
1: It made me just... I mean, the these stories generally... As much as I, I think myself as very independent, very street smart, very, you know, it just reminds me that I still need to be very alert. I'm not immune to it. Yeah. Even though these things have never happened to me, they just bring home that these things still happen. Okay, it's great that we've got more conversation about it, but it won't be until we don't hear those these stories anymore or... There's more of, not even just conversation, but there's more action around how protecting women is working. It actually just made me really really sad. And I was really shocked. I was just really, really shocked. And it was just like... Because so much happened to her. And it was like, oh my god. Thinking about it now, yeah, it's still really shocking to me. And especially after watching the documentary. Obviously, I don't want to go into it too much. Because then that would be a whole other episode on its own. But it's, And it's also like, oh my god, she, she was supposed to be with someone that she trusts. So, like, she didn't have any defence. She didn't have any like she there was no way she could get out of that situation
0: yeah i think there is a helplessness like i think you've just described there's a helplessness yeah to how you feel yeah when you're thinking about that situation i think for me at that time i couldn't stop thinking about her family and her parents yeah. who had just been through this extravagant wedding for her and her husband and gotten to know him and all that kind of stuff and ultimately i just kept thinking over and over and again whatever the story is whatever the narrative the media are giving whatever the truth might be whether it's near that or far whatever like the conspiracy theories are whatever he might have done might not have done might have been intentional not intentional ultimately she lost her life and you know that's so horrible like the family will never get proper answers that's what I kept thinking they'll never get closure yeah so I think that was my feeling was just The helplessness of the situation just made you feel worse, I think. And plus, because she was British Asian, there was a lot of conversation in our own probably families, friends Mm -hmm. groups, whatever. And obviously, you have your own theories as well. And plus, you know, there's been some kind of tabloid newspapers that have gone on reporting about her husband and all of that during the years and stuff like that. So. I'm just going to bring in another story, which again was not on British soil, and that was the case of Nirbhaya. Oh yes, of course. um, In 2012, just two years after Anidhirani. So just to say, we're highlighting some of the ones that we remember personally that have, you know, we've sort of thought have had an impact on us. We're not You know, we're not trying to leave out any or anything like that. This is just our personal view. So I think for me, the Nirbhaya case was literally one of the most awful cases. (sighs) And I think the thing that struck me, and I wrote a blog about this back then when I started my blog. For me, that case was so unique because no matter what happened to this woman and no matter how much physical abuse her body took in that incident, she still wanted to stay alive. I remember stories being like, no, I want to live. And then she didn't. And I think that really hit me because I was like, after everything that's happened to you and this absolutely heinous crime, and you still wanted to live.
1: What connects both these two stories together is the fact that one was, you know, she was with her husband. Yeah. And Nirbhaya, well, her real name is Jyoti, Jyoti Singh, she was with a friend and the reason of her attack was, well so-called reason of her attack was she was out late with a friend not her husband and it's like well you can't win you know like it's 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 this whole thing of like really what is going on what is happening when you first heard this story and the more information that came out about what happened to her what was the scenario how did it happen
0: how did, you, how did you feel? Okay, so I, I just want to give a bit of a disclaimer that sure. um, Indian media have a way of reporting things that we don't report yeah. in the British press. So they, obviously their reporting was very graphic uh-huh. um, and they did reveal things about the case which maybe the British press wouldn't have mm. if it was something that happened here. But I think so because she was raped and sexually abused by I think five or six men. Yeah. When she was with her friend, she was on a moving bus or a coach. Yeah. And I think she'd gone to the cinema with that friend of hers and just got on her way to go home. I think that case, like I said, I think the fact that she had hope to live yeah, after this horrible, absolutely life changing thing had happened to her. I think that really struck me. And I still I still remember that feeling of when the news came out that she had passed away and my heart literally sunk. You know, when you just think, I really hope she can live so that she can fight, but also that would have taken so much out of her as well, yeah. not physically, but emotionally. I think that case, it happened in Delhi and Delhi is, in, you know, famously known as a rape capital in India. Yeah. It's it's just one of those things where you just, you know, you have the Indian media on one side reporting yeah. it so graphically and it was covered in the British press, but then also the Indian media in you know cases after that cases before that have been known to hide information or report it biasly or like for example if you have a minister you know coming up and giving a quote and what they say isn't really it's relevant but it's just it's not very yeah. appropriate to say yeah. i'm pretty sure there was a minister that said something against what she was doing and she was out late or she might have been yeah. wearing a certain thing yeah or she would she had provoked the men. And also there was a lot of blame put on
1: her friends her friend. saying,
0: why didn't he protect her? Well, I'm sorry, but how was he going to protect her? Yeah, he five got, or six yeah, other...
1: Yeah, exactly. Possibly who, older m- men who had... Uh, no, it was they, they, it was a mixture of different age... They were all different age groups.
0: But they were older than him, I think, a lot of them. One, like one was, of them was really young. One of them young. was really young. Yeah, one of them was a
1: junior. Um, the way that they got the bus was one of them was working for the bus company yeah it wasn't even supposed to be a moving bus it wasn't supposed to be a working bus it was a lot it it was was a lot lot. it was really
0: a lot to take in
1: there was a point where I'm like I can't hear about this anymore I was like that as well I was like I can't hear about this anymore that story actually made me it was the first time I thought oh my god I'm so glad I don't live in India and I know that that that's you know like it that shouldn't have come into my head because okay I've only been to India once and obviously I know so many people who have been to India there's it's such an amazing wonderful place in that moment just in that moment I was like I'm so glad I don't live there but really it's no actually I'm so glad I don't live in an in, in an environment where that where I live has that reputation the same thing about what you were saying when like you know there were people out there who were putting the blame on the victims
0: which it's, happens here as which, well it happens here of course <laughs> yeah. it happens here yeah
1: and it's just like hold on you are not taking into consideration about the actual criminals who did this you're not saying anything about them do you, you know and the fact that she was in like jeans and a t-shirt and i think yeah. she was in a coat as well or something there was nothing provocative about what she was wearing they just had an issue that it was a male and female who weren't married and it's like, well, that's none of their business anyway. And it was one of those things where, how did these men think that doing this to someone out of every, all the choices that they could have in the world to spend their time, yeah. this is what they wanted to do? And
0: it, you just it, feel like they didn't have a conscience. They in didn't have a conscience. But, but it's
1: literally, it's shocking to me that, that, someone, that, yeah, that people don't even consider that. These yeah. people who are saying, oh, she was wearing, you know, she shouldn't have been out then. And she basically backing up what these, criminals were yeah. saying it's like that made me angry that made me really was, angry and I was just like oh my because then it's like oh well, we've definitely heard it within our own families like girls shouldn't go out too late and okay yeah like there's been times where I've been like oh my god how can you say that like you know I'm I'm always safe and stuff like that but then at the same time hearing stories like this I don't yeah. blame my parents my true. grandparents and my aunties and my uncles for giving us that because they hear these stories and of course they're gonna be like oh my god like it they, they comes from a place of protection protection. protection yeah that story is the one story that really got me angry because of everything that happened around it as well
0: yeah I think it's funny because um well it's funny but it's also really kind of poignant that so just to touch on Delhi crime season one which was obviously Emmy award winning or Emmy nominated came out in 2019 which is like seven years after the actual Mm. incident and it's not a true I don't think it's a completely true reflection, but it was inspired by the Nupur case, yeah. and it has uh, in the main role Shefali Shah, who yep. is fantastic. And I've got to say, I know this is going to sound really weird, but I I was scared to watch it because I didn't want to feel that emotion again from when the case was actually live, so to speak. Mm. I didn't. I was scared to watch it because it would be so horrifying. Yeah. I don't want to relive that in my head. You know, that just shows the impact that it would have had. And I'm sure other people felt this because, you know, when you have a series that is true to life events and you know the life event Mm. pretty well, you do sometimes think, oh, my God, I don't really want to watch it. Um, But I did watch it. And oh, my God, it's done so well. It You know, it takes into account the sentiments of the friend. Mm. It takes into account how the police woman obviously it was a woman this time dealing with it in that in the series instance Shafali Shah and she was battling within herself in that series because mm. she had a daughter of roughly the same age and you know like it was just handled so delicately yeah
1: and it has to it has to yeah. be it brought up so much light seeing how the the whole of India had come together and it was literally like they were fighting for her. for her
0: they were because you remember there was a a candle protest. Yes, there was and every and all of these so things,
1: and it's just like as harrowing as this is. It's like, I mean, I'm not from India. Like I said, I've only been to India once, and I've, but seeing that and seeing they were angry as well. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, like I was angry just listening to it, but that actually brought a lot of comfort, and I think it brought a lot of comfort to a lot of people because it was just like, well, yeah, they're actually standing up and being like, this should yeah. never have happened. Like this cannot happen because you know there's always been stories here and there. But this was something that it brought so much awareness of what needs to happen in a situation like that where it shouldn't have happened. The fact that it was like the whole country came together. Yeah. The whole public came together. It wasn't
0: even just the country because I know I I'm sound, it might sound a bit weird now, but I remember I lit a candle because they told everyone worldwide <gasps> yeah, to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember lighting the candle in solidarity kind yeah. of thing. But yeah, that was definitely one of the biggest cases, I think, in the last decade. And hopefully it has caused a turning point because I remember them talking about how they dealt with rape cases in police stations and they were dealt with by male officers who weren't really bothered and stuff like that. So hopefully it did create a change, if not just awareness. Um, And obviously the perpetrators did get sentenced for the rest of it. So yeah. But so these two stories were actually from different countries. Yes. Um, We're going to now come into ones that we've had in the recent More past closer in to home the UK.
1: so okay i mean i don't think we can ever ever forget the sarah everard case yeah that was god i think what made it worse was the fact that her perpetrator was someone from the met police and it really really put into perspective oh hold on who are our protectors you know, yeah. the people that we put so much faith in. And again, the stories that came out after about how he had a nickname in the Met Police about being literally being called the rapist. And this story about how like he had planned this. It was just, he had planned everything. He just didn't plan who. Yeah. The whole story of she was walking in the evening. She was by herself. She was going to a friend's house. And it's everything that we are told as women, don't go out by yourself, don't go out too late. And it's because of stuff like this, and it's just the fact that it was done by a policeman and what he did, and that was scary because of who the perpetrator was.
0: Yeah, I agree. So even just like, there's a, I think there's a blurry image of when he's talking to her. When he's talking to her, yeah. With someone who's kind of got it on their dash cam or something. But what was really awful about this is... It was during a time where there were COVID controls and police were patrolling and kind of making sure people weren't going against the guidelines. But as you say, I think for me, I even remember some male, I don't know if they're relatives or friends, I can't remember who exactly it was, saying, oh, she shouldn't have been walking home at that time by herself. And I think that's the biggest thing that ends up coming up in conversation in this country. Oh, she shouldn't be doing this. Well, hold on a minute. So you're telling me. That a man can go jogging at three o'clock in the morning and he's absolutely fine. But when a woman is walking home from her friend's house,
1: she is at risk. Where's the conversation of nobody should even think about harming anyone?
0: No, but everyone should be safe. Like everyone should be
1: able to be. Gender you are. Exactly. You know, how big or small you are or whatever. And I think
0: this story, I think, was really because it didn't come out for quite some time that, you know, something had happened. uh, Sorry, what had actually happened to her until her body was found. And then obviously, it was the unravelling of the guy that did it. But as you say, because he was like a protection officer or something, and he had planned this, and he had hired a car, he'd abducted her, then he sexually assaulted, assaulted her, and then he murdered her. Again, I just kept thinking about, she just had a phone call with her partner to say i'm leaving and she was talking to him most of that way home and i think for me it was even worse because it was in south london yeah and i'm in south london i'm yep. not too near to it but yeah
1: this is exactly it's, it's just too, to too
0: too too close to home and i'm just reading like the timeline of this yeah as i'm kind of talking and it says that he was spotted abducting her by a couple of people. They thought that she was being like remanded or something because of the COVID
1: guidelines. So, you know. And you he, he apparently said that, oh, you're getting arrested because you've violated COVID guidelines.
0: Yeah. it's just, You know, like, I don't want to go into it because it's no. quite, it's quite disturbing. Yeah. But it was just, it was just that he visited the site where he had dumped her body. And that's how they eventually found her because they saw him doing that or were following him or whatever mm. it was but that case I think for me again it was showing how people were coming together to highlight that we don't want this to continue and all the women if you remember in Clapham Park or wherever it was it, it was in other parks as well but that place was because that's where she was in seen. yeah and you said you had like the now princess of Wales going there and laying flowers and you know like there were so many well-known names that came out and spoke about this And literally, I think it's one of those cases that I don't think I'll ever forget, especially because it was during Covid. But also just she's close to my age. It was in South London. All she was doing was walking home. And literally, I remember the social media being that, oh, you know, this is affecting men's mental health, that we're, you know, holding men liable. But that was before it was found out that it was a police officer that did it. But then, you know, it got me thinking that it's true. It is true. We can't blame all men. And I totally get it. But I think it is, like we said at the beginning of the episode, like you said at the mm. beginning of the episode, that we do need to make sure that we are understanding, or men are understanding, why people are saying not all men. I remember there was someone on the TV and her and her son, I can't remember, it was a celebrity, and her son said after that Sarah Everard case, he's so scared to even walk near a woman, brush past a woman, because what is that woman going to be thinking? And it's true. I think that was one of those cases where I thought, you know what? It would take two extremes. There Mm -hmm. would be the man who would say, oh, well, she shouldn't have been walking by herself. What was she doing at that time of night? Whatever, whatever. And then you will get the man on the other side of the spectrum who would be like, okay, what can I do to make Mm -hmm. sure that even if it's a stranger and I'm walking behind her or I'm walking in front of her, how do I let her know that I'm okay? I'm okay. I'm not going to do anything to her. I'm, you know, whatever it is. You know, like it just sort of showed me how awful it is in society that something like this has happened for yeah. people to understand that you know what there are still things like this happening and they are happening to very ordinary people yeah. going about their lives doing very normal things and what made it worse as you said is it came from a, from a man who was in a position to protect and that was the most awful thing
1: this is exactly it the more i've heard and read about this this wasn't just a one off thing yeah He's he had, had a reputation he had female police officers complain about him and nothing was done the people who are supposed to protect us are not protecting us Mm. and there are going to be a lot of men who are like oh I don't know how to be with a woman now but it's just like well you know when I'm near a woman or something and it's like well you need to be allies it's about it can be something as simple as being an ally to women for example if you're in a workplace and you know you're a male and other you know you have your colleagues who are also males in there looking at women uh, provocatively talking about them provocatively like you can sit there and laugh about it and be like oh yeah I'm just joking you know but actually what is actually happening there what is the line between just joking about it having some banter and it actually being something where you're like oh no this is actually really really disrespectful and this is really you know because okay yeah if you're going to be uncomfortable, you're going to be uncomfortable. But think about the safety of that woman, and and because of all these stories that are happening, that is where it leads to.
0: Yeah, I think if in that situation, I think if it is someone and your friends or colleagues or whatever are doing that, you can be the change. You can be the one to highlight to them, guys, like, come on. Like, I know it's not easy. It's not easy, no. I feel like it's not even easy for a crowd of women, but to do it in a crowd of men, and a man standing, uh, a man sorry, standing up for, for what's yeah. appropriate, I guess, yeah.
1: if that's the right word for it, that's hard. It's one of those things where I'm trying to have a bit of balance here in terms of there are some women who do like the attention, who yeah. don't mind. And it's it's about gauging the situation. It is really difficult to pinpoint exactly what to do, what to say, stuff like that. But you also have to go with your instinct. Yeah, It sounds really cliche, but think about it like this. If that person is talking about your sister, your mum, your wife, how would you feel?
0: Yeah. And if you don't like that, if you don't like that? know that... But again, I think it's one of those things where the level of appropriate is different for different people. But like you say, if it's a flat out, that's not appropriate. And you definitely feel that under any circumstance, even if it's jokey it's not appropriate, you can be that change. And I firmly believe that. It takes a lot, like I said, but that's where it starts, I think. Yeah,
1: it takes practice because nobody knows the real answer. But it's the fact that conversations need to happen in order for stuff like this to stop, for there to be more awareness about this. Because most people will just be joking around and, you know, but there is that one person out there who just takes it. Yeah, the just one the one step further
0: so i just want to at this point because it's about sarah everard and uh, the police officer that did th- we don't i don't want to mention his name no. uh, i just want to say that there is actually a really interesting documentary on itv called women in the police and it's literally dame louise casey who literally came out with the report that said that you know the met police are whatever they yeah. are you know in there there are actual personal accounts of female police officers and they personally talk about how male officers have treated them how male officers have commented on rape cases and literally i don't know how they survived in that culture but it's only when i saw that documentary that i realized oh my god like oh my god it's everywhere yeah that's how it felt and you know like when you think back to that one sarah everard case Mm. and it's not limited to just that one police protection officer Mm. that is scary
1: you think about because he got away with everything that he got away with this was just something else that he thought that he could get away with yeah and And this was like so it was planned planned. to the point where he'd visited the place before he'd bought all
0: the stuff he'd hired a car you know, all of this. And I think that makes it even more scary. Like if I just bring in Zara Elena that was planned as well. Yeah. Right. It's that
1: thing of because, like I said, because he got away with everything else. If something was done before regarding his conduct, then I mean, I'm not saying this wouldn't have happened. You know, there should have been consequences yeah. to what he did before. And it is really, really scary because we want to go out as women. We want to go out in the world and we want to be able to be safe. And it reminds me also of, well, I'm going to move on to also Sabina Nessa, who in a very, very similar way was out at around the same time. She went to meet some friends in the pub. She was running a bit late. So she walked through this park and she that's where she was attacked by someone she didn't know. This was another random attack. She was only 28 and this this happened on in in 2021
0: i think it was not long after sarah everard it wasn't everard, long everard. No. yeah
1: thing is i think because it wasn't long after sarah everard it prompted more media attention because it's like here was another case but
0: you know what's really funny about that and I'd, obviously this is this is like another episode now as well but yeah. the representation of sarah everard was literally on the news every yeah. day every day yeah. every day sabrina nessa sorry sabina nessa mm. was of asian descent yes And she wasn't covered too much. And I remember, it was covered, but it wasn't covered as much as Sarah Everard. Mm. And I remember so many celebrities, like British Asian celebrities, kind of being like, she has a name. Like, you know, like you can't just say a young girl, blah, 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 blah. Mention her name. This is what I mean. There's always a narrative around these things. Mm -hmm. And this is not a violent case, but even the recent, this year, Nicola Bully. Yeah, she was a white lady and her case was covered every day. But if that was, for example, an Asian man, an Asian woman or black man, Mm -hmm. black woman or just someone non white, a person of color. It wouldn't be the same coverage and I think because I I just remember that from the Sabina Nessa because literally it was a few months after just checking. So Sarah Everard incident happened in March twenty twenty one and Sabina Nessa was September twenty twenty one. It was literally a few months
1: apart and the reporting was literally worlds apart you're right this incident happened to oh my god yeah i remember that actually yeah i
0: do because it wasn't
1: until it became a bigger story once more and more big names big celebrities were like it was a social social, social yeah it was a social media thing and that which prompted yes you're absolutely right oh my god i completely forgot that that, that's how it was reported that it wasn't because it was like people like who is she there was this whole thing of like why so many people talking about her what's happened exactly
0: but then so if i just move on to zara alina yes Zara Alina was also, you know, walking home from meeting her friend one night and she, again, when I, when I said earlier that it was a provoked, uh, sorry, it was an unprovoked attack, but it was a planned attack. Mm. The person who murdered her, he was seen on CCTV trailing other women before he got to her. So again, this is what I mean by it was planned and it happened on, uh, in June 2022. So Zara Alina's case, I think for me, would have been the most scariest Mm. you know like most recent case because like i said he was following different people but also he was very violent with her on here again i'm just reading through the timeline it says her belongings were all across the road she'd been badly beaten she was partially naked when she was found and she was struggling to breathe they tried to revive her Uh, the paramedics did cpr she died later the next morning you know like just Thinking about that, and I can see the face you're making, Shama, it's just so harrowing. Yeah. It's so like, it's to think this is now happening in this country, obviously, it's probably some level of this was already ha- always happened. Yeah. But up until the point of like, Anni Divani and Jyoti Singh. Yeah. We were looking at it from an outside yeah. in a way, mm-hmm. but on the inside because they were Asian. But this is what I kept saying, the rhetoric in the media is really interesting. But also Zara Alina's case, they gave live coverage on BBC News when he was jailed, when he was sentenced. Mm. You know, like it received that much attention that this girl was murdered for nothing, for, nothing. for absolutely nothing.
1: But all of these women were, yeah. for absolutely nothing. And it makes me think, what, yeah, what is in these men's head? Like, what are they thinking? I think
0: there is some form of, mental health issue in some
1: cases in some cases but what a question that I wanted to ask you so we're talking about all of these cases that eventually they've been quite like national news what are the conversations as an as a British Asian daughter what are the conversations that you've had not just with your parents but just generally with the people that you know like what has been the conversations about Um,
0: I can't remember specific conversations because I feel like because my parents are quite protective of me because i'm an only child yeah i overcompensate anyway so i let okay. them know where i am mm. who i'm with whatever and if i don't do that then i tell them or i give them an, a friend's number or something yeah. who i'm going to be with or i explain to a friend where i'm going there's always someone in what well, i say always but mostly someone who knows where i am
1: yeah
0: but after Nirupaya, yeah. I almost got into a stage of, you know, when you're young, you think, oh, well, I'm, you know, my parents don't need to know where I am, or mm-hmm. you know, my friends, don't, my siblings, you know, they don't need to know where I am. You want to keep it a bit on the download, and I totally get that. I, yeah. I feel that even now, at the age of forty, sometimes. But I think when those cases, when that particular case happened in 2012, even though it was in India, and even though it was in an area that is known for those kind of things not not this this kind of mm-hmm. thing, but just rape kind of thing, you know, sexual assault yeah. on like public transport stuff. Like that. there were so many stories that came out at that time i think it kind of gave me a bit of okay yeah i do want to
1: let my parents know yeah. where i
0: am it's not Just for their peace of mind as well
1: as well this is it yeah. you said as well because it is for your peace of mind too that yeah. somebody knows where i am yeah. i am not out here by myself yeah. i mean <laughs> i'm gonna say it. on uber you can share your you can share your journey yeah you are my favorites <laughs> <laughs> I, are know, one of my I know. Yeah, it's true. She does share her journey with me. It's literally like you know we used to live really really close. Yeah. But even like if I'm really really far away, it's that whole thing of making sure that number one, I know that we both have similar like bedtimes. <laughs> yeah. So I know like if I'm if We're I'm late, with, exactly. <laughs> it's sometimes it's one of those things where you're just an extra person, and it's for my peace of mind to know okay somebody knows where I am, and it's.
0: But also it, you know like I have this thing with most of my friends or cousins or whatever. Let me know when you get home, yeah. right? Yeah. And we we have that. But if you can share your Uber trip, that's even better. That's even because better. you don't even need to remember. You know, do you get what I mean? Even though, obviously, for me, that doesn't mean you're in the house. That no. means you've just got out of the car. So, you know, one of those random things. More after the near case, but because I'm an only child, I've mm. just been used to it. Yeah. It's kind of letting someone know where I am. And also just being aware that it's overprotection sometimes, but it's also care. Care. Okay. Yeah, um, it is. It can get frustrating. Don't like. Don't get me wrong. When I was young, younger, I used to get really frustrated yeah. with it. But I think now, not because of all of these cases, but just the way the world is. Yeah. You know, you want to know that you're protected by you're telling someone where you are, mm. or you're telling someone the number plate of the car yeah. is this. Just yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. you're giving a little bit of information that maybe you might not have thought of giving before. I don't know whether that is just my mindset or whether other people do. Like I know you do. <laughs> yeah, we do that. Yeah. But do you know of your, any of your friends oh, yeah. or whatever that don't yeah. do
1: anything? I know a few friends who just don't do anything. So for me, I don't have to tell my parents anymore. Well, you know, when I was living at home, I didn't really need to tell them sort of, OK, I've reached here, I've reached there. But a lot of it was, what time are you coming home? Yeah, Let me know what time you're coming home. And because they knew I was meeting someone, I think for them it was like, all right, she's with someone, it's OK. It was very much like... I would still be on WhatsApp and I'd still be on like, you know, there'd still be conversations with groups and stuff like that. So it wasn't particularly, oh, I'm physically letting my parents know. But I think I was actually quite surprised with a lot of the conversations that were happening on my side, because I thought I thought it'd be like an irony moment where they're like, oh, you know, girls shouldn't do this. This is why girls shouldn't do that. And there was an element of that. Of course there was. But it was really refreshing to hear of people from, my, especially people from my parents' generation, actually have that conversation of okay, boys need to be taught to, and being like, yeah. it shouldn't be a thing where we just keep girls locked up and yeah. until the, girls and tell girls themselves. to protect themselves. Yeah. Like you know, actually, it did actually happen quite recently, where I think you messaged me to say. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm just, just to let you know I'm here. And I think, I can't remember what this, I can't, I I was out with friends and stuff and you messaged me to be like, I'm just letting you know, because you're, you're, you you know, you've messaged me like we were talking and you're like, by the way, I just got here. here. I'm just letting you know, so you're an extra person. And I was like, all right, that's fine. You know, because that's what we do and I was with a group of friends and one of the friends was like he was he was a male and I remember talking on the phone to going out talking on the phone to you coming back and he's like he just asked me always everything okay and I told him I was like okay everything's fine it's just one of my you know one of my friends um she's just telling me where where, her whereabouts and stuff like that that's what we do and he was like oh why (laughs) and I was like what do you mean why I was like do you not have like a like you know like you have someone to sort of say oh this is what I am if you know if you're out like you know and he was just like no and I was like I think oh. it's different me. and I was like I, it kind of was like oh hold on yes Lightbulb of course light bulb <laughs> moment I was too excited I was like oh of course no you wouldn't I was like no oh, no you know this is something that especially yeah. because I think for me and you because we live in an area that is supposedly I'm gonna be honest I've never experienced anything I'm very very I lucky things, but you hear of things and yeah. you know the area isn't su- like you know it has a reputation for, for not being safe but to be honest I've always felt quite safe there but I think
0: it's still good to take it's still good to take pre- yeah. precautions
1: and I think it's also because we've got a similar upbringing where we both lived with our parents and there was a, a, that whole thing of like we need to know where you are and it's for our own protection. And I think I'll continue, to, we'll continue to do that. My experience was for a guy, they don't need to have the expert to extra yeah. protection. They don't need to think about that. This is that. exactly what I was saying. There There's no say, yeah. sense of, oh my God, because I know every time, even though, like I said, even though I'm quite street smart and I know I can kind of conduct myself in a way that I'm trying, you know, I, I try and make choices where I'm the safest, again, these these reports evidently prove that you can't always be no. as safe as you you know.
0: Exactly. You no, I to. totally get it. But
1: yeah, it's that thing of there's never a point where you can be too safe. Yeah. Every time I've walked down my street, every single day, I've done it all the time. When I get to my area, literally, that's when I take my headphones out. Automatic kind of And now that I'm in a new area, Mm. I have a little bit more fear because I don't know the area. I'm not familiar with it.
0: Yeah, I totally get it. But also, I just want to touch on the fact that there's been stories, not stories, not famous, famous, like not ones that I can actually remember. But in a world of dating apps, I think Mm. it's really, really, it's really important that you do come from a place of protecting yourself as well because you don't know what's out there you don't know who's out there you don't know what their intentions are no matter what they might say they are so i think it is one of those things that you know if there are i say this for men as well because women can be equally as oh my god or whatever you want to call it anyone on dating apps or anyone meeting people in groups like that you know like you can even have like walking groups or whatever kind of thing if you're meeting someone that you don't know i would say just remain a bit vigilant yeah yeah. You literally don't know what anyone's like. And I don't mean that in a way of stop making friends. No. <laughs> um, but just yeah, just no. give it a bit of time, I guess.
1: And trust your instinct. Yes, gut instinct. Trust your gut instinct. I, I have actually, you. I know quite a few people who have been in very weird situations. Not generally dangerous, but things where they're like, like it's a little bit weird. And it is men exactly. and women. I'm not just saying that this is just all men. Men and women, I've heard, have weird interactions when they've gone on, like, first dates, second dates and stuff like that so yeah definitely go with the gut instinct absolutely absolutely um,
0: that's a good note to end on yes but yeah just wanted to say thank you for listening that thank was you so much. a kind of a heavy, episode that was. <laughs> was a heavy episode because of so many different emotions that yeah. come along with these kind of female violence stories and we will try and share some information when this episode goes out yes organizations either. that can help or yes, helplines or
1: and if you are help. a part of one of these organizations please reach out to us please let us know stories if there's anything that we've missed if there's anything that we can do better um, or even
0: just highlight just a hi- bit more yeah
1: that would be great that would be absolutely great we'd love to promote you and, and promote your 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 business or the charity or your company and um,
0: there was a story actually i don't remember it completely but i just want to end on a positive one sure though i think it was in newcastle but it might have been in another area there was a group of women who started a network where they would partner up with anyone who called them and saying i'm walking home by myself <gasps> so they would walk home with them oh that is excellent it was during covid but i'm hoping it's continued
1: oh that oh my that's um, actually a really good just,
0: idea this is what i mean you just look, look out for each other and i think there were some men who joined the group as well that's really really good so yeah just you know like there are some good news stories that come mm. out of situations like this and i think it's really important to identify that there are communities trying to combat this kind of thing as well and down our country in different countries whatever there are people trying to make the world better in that way absolutely and i just want to say a big thank you to them and thank you you to people who come up with these ideas and you know to kind of just protect Mm. each other and just make you more comfortable
1: i did actually also want to say that message us or contact us and talk about how if you know a way that men can be allies to women because that is a big question like we were saying like there's a lot of people out there's a lot of men out there who are like I don't know what to do now but you know let us know we'll definitely post it or you know just put them on our social media absolutely. or you can tag us in a post that you know of that is in the same context yeah just bring this community up and have more awareness about how we can make this world a better place
0: absolutely much
1: safer place
0: just want to say a big thanks to Shai Hussein, as usual DJ Shy Guy thank who you. composed our jingle, jingle. Um, thank you so much Jingle. doubler jingle <laughs> you can, you can hear love the it and And Um, you can catch us on all our socials. Um, We are quite active. I think probably on Instagram more. Instagram
1: more than anything, and Facebook actually. We kind of share the same things on Facebook.
0: So please give us a follow. And yeah, we don't want to keep it.
1: We We want want to to voice it it out. out. Bye. Bye.